Welcome to Life is Love School. Hey everyone, welcome back to Life is Love School. This week in the Women Only Coaching Group, we covered how to set boundaries. And a lady asked a question. She said, a lot of times I would set boundaries and people would push back on me. And then I feel so bad that I ended up taking back my boundaries, even though I don't want to. This is such a common issue and a reason why many of us either don't even try to set boundaries or we set boundaries, but then having to retract it. So let me cover some of the common techniques that people use to manipulate us. And then I'll give you several tips on how to handle the situation. So the most common manipulation techniques are, one of them is guilt tripping. So this is, for example, your mother wanting you to call her every day, and then you want to adjust the schedule because you're very busy, you have your own children, so you want to call her once over the weekend instead. So you let her know, and the next thing you know, she's uh, guilt tripping you by saying, How could you be so ungrateful? I raised you for 20 years. I cooked and cleaned for you. I did everything for you. And all I'm asking from you is a lousy call and you won't even make time for me. And sometimes as daughters, we feel so bad, we relent, then we lost a boundary. So that's one technique. Another one is the begging. That's the variation that kids like to use, which is you find them, you know, take them to a grocery store. They really want a candy bar and you say no because it's not good for them. And they would start to whine, maybe scream, and then, you know, crying out loud on the ground. And if you're feeling really embarrassed, you might cave in and give the kid the candy bar. So that trains them to do it next time. So that's the begging technique, which kids love to use. A third one is anger. So this is probably the more aggressive people, the bullies of the world. If you try to set a boundary with them, they would seem to be very angry. Some might even say, for example, when you were younger, might threaten violence. So if we grew up in an environment where when we try to assert ourselves, our parents would threaten us or get angry. As adults, if we see people getting angry at our boundaries, then we might go back in time and all of a sudden feel like we're that little child again. We would get scared and we would relent, so we would give up our boundaries. So that is also sometimes effective. Another manipulation technique that people use is what's called a triangulation. Triangulation is where, for example, um, your mother then enlists your brother to help her persuade you. So the brother might say, you know that mom has a heart condition, you're making her really upset by refusing to call her every day. I really think you need to call mom every day. So he's being enlisted as an emissary for her to try to bring you back into the fold to make you give up your boundary. So that's the triangulation. It's two against one. And then um, the last one that people like to use is, um, let me check my notes. Oh, the silent treatment. You can't forget this one. This is a good one. So the silent treatment is where Um, let's say that mom enlists the brother and then you manage to hold through that, then she might pull out the last thing, which is if she was giving you money before, retract that. If she was giving any favor before, she would retract that. And if she sees you in a family gathering, she might pretend that you're invisible or not say hi, retract love. And if we have abandonment issues, we're really afraid of that. We might then fold and call mom again. So those are all the common manipulation techniques that probably covers 95% of what people could do. 
And the reason I want to bring this out up front is so that you are mentally prepared that just because you set a boundary doesn't mean that automatically everybody's going to like it or that everybody is going to honor it. So a lot of times, especially if you're a boundary setting newbie or if you were kind of a pushover, people pleaser, rescuer, then you can expect to get a lot of people wanting to push on your boundaries because they're like, you know, what's this new leaf? I don't like the new person that you are today. So they're going to try to take back what they felt like the privilege they used to have. So just be prepared. Um, one of the things that's super important in life is to not get surprised, right? You want maybe good surprises, not bad surprises. So knowing that your boundaries are going to get tested, especially if you never set boundaries with these people before, and you have a pattern of giving in too early or giving them too much, not um, holding your own space, then you can expect that they will try to test your boundaries. So now knowing that your boundaries are likely going to be tested, how do you withstand it? So tip number one is to recognize there is a big difference between hurt and harm. What I mean by that is, I'll give you an analogy. So hurt is, I go to a dental office and the, the doctor starts to drill my cavity, right? That hurts. It's not pleasant. But he is not harming me. He's helping me. On the other hand, if let's say I give um, a, a child too much candy, that's not hurting them. They love it, but it's harming their health in the long run. It's going to do all sorts of harm. So just because you make somebody happy doesn't mean that you're helping them in any way. And just because you're upsetting somebody doesn't mean that you're harming them. So let's just continue to use the example of the mother. So you might ask, okay, how is this not harming her? Well, it's hurting her feelings, perhaps, right? She might read it as my daughter is not willing to spend as much time with me. But on the other hand, is it harming her? I would argue no, because a mother really should ought to have her own friend circle. She should have her own hobbies, etc., versus relying on you, which is in a way parentifying you to be her companion, which you are really in the daughter's role. And you have your own life. You have your own family to take care of. And your number one obligation is to your children and to your own self-care, etc., so you do not have to relent and cater to your mom's dependency. In fact, by cutting back the time that you spend with your mother, you're actually acting as a forcing function for her to build her own social life, which is way healthier than to rely solely on you. Um, the other example I would give is, let's say that you have an alcoholic child and you've been supporting this child over the years, giving them money, maybe food and shelter, etc., and by supporting them, they continued in their alcoholic ways because they're not suffering the consequences. They lose a job, they still get fed, they still get money, and they get a shelter. So by retracting, right, if you set the boundaries to say by month three, I expect you to move out of the house, get your own job, et cetera, I'm cutting off financial support. It may hurt their feelings, but you're not harming them because you're not taking away the consequences that is necessary for them to heal, to grow, to become a better version of themselves. So just really think through that. I think a lot of times we feel guilty, we feel bad because we confuse it between hurt and harm. But the, bit, the difference is huge. A lot of times you hurt people's feelings, but you're actually helping them. And the second tip that I want to give you is that um, if you sense that somebody is playing one of these manipulation tactics, whether it's guilt tripping or um, silent treatment or anger, etc., 
the best thing you can do is to call them out on it. Literally, like take a spotlight and flashlight and just shine a light on them. Because manipulators like to go under the radar. They're effective if they feel like you don't know what they're doing. But if you do and you call it out, then a lot of times they would be too embarrassed to continue. So for example, you might say to the mother, hi mom, I, I noticed that you're trying to lay on the guilt, hoping that I would retract my boundaries. We can talk about that. So by saying this to your mother, you are calling out what she is doing and you make it a conversation with her. And if she's feeling insecure, you can explain to her the reasoning behind why you're having this boundary. It doesn't mean that you're going to relent, but you could, if you choose to, inform her the reason why so she doesn't read too much into it, etc. So calling people's bad behavior out is a good, good way to stop them from continuing to try to do that high-pressure tactic on you. So that's uh, point number two. And then point number three is that you want to establish your credibility early on as a really good boundary setter. By that, I mean your words count. So if you say, Mom, I'm not going to call you um, except on the weekends, then be good with that, right? Just set it, carry it out. Even if you're uncomfortable, hold on to your boundaries. If you tell a child that, you know, they will not get more than one candy a day, then no matter how hard they beg, you do not give them the second candy. Why? Because if you do give it to them, you cave, then they realize that you are somebody whose boundaries is very porous, is very negotiable, and that your words oftentimes doesn't mean too much. So the earlier you can establish yourself as a strong boundary holder, that your words mean something, the less likely in the long run people are going to push back at your boundaries. In the boundary setting world, the start is the hardest because you haven't established yourself as somebody with a boundary setting credibility. So all these people that are used to getting their way around you, they're going to try, they're going to push your boundaries. But if you start getting really firm and you're just good at carrying it out, sooner or later, everybody's going to learn the new you and they know that you're somebody who holds your boundary very well and the testing will start to stop. So it actually becomes easier and easier and easier. So that's a good news. So the start, unfortunately, is the hardest, but just tough it through and it will get easier. So the last point is um, kind of tied to the first point, which is you know, hurt, hurt versus harm. The last point is you do not need to feel guilty if you actually didn't do anything wrong. So you know, back to the point of setting the boundary with the mother or not giving the child a second candy. Did you do anything wrong? No, right? In the first case, you're trying to maintain your own energy and your own time for your family and also uh, allowing your mom the, the drive then to find her own social group versus being overly reliant on you in unhealthy ways. And in the second case, you're also not um, causing any harm to your child by not giving them a second hand candy. So there's no reason you should have to feel guilty. So to keep having that self-talk with yourself is very important. So um, I hope you find all this information helpful. So these questions come up during our women-only coaching group live discussions. Um, if you enjoyed this type of Q&A and just kind of back and forth, we do a ton of experience sharing. And it's not just me giving um, ideas, but the women actually, we all help each other. So it's a very supportive, very nourishing, and very insightful group. I hope you'll join us and if you want to check it out, the information is in the link below. 
And don't forget to like and subscribe so you get the newest notification as well when new episodes like this come out. I'll see you next time.